0: Just keep grinding, all right? We're getting better each and every day. Running left to the goal line, fighting his way in as the Texans grab the lead. Let's go to work, baby! Takes the
1: gift, has time, throws to the end zone, caught, and it's a touchdown! Love the energy. Wrapped up for a loss for the TFL inside the ten.
2: All right, let's do it. Texans have the ball on the pit. That's what we're talking about! Now, it's Texans All Access.
1: Hello, Texans, and every time we have the general on on Thursday, I feel like, man, it's time to kick the ball. But it's not quite time to kick the ball. That'll be Sunday at noon at NRG Stadium when the New Orleans Saints come calling For the first time in a long time at NRG, they play each other a lot in the preseason, but it's the NFC, so that means once every eight years. We'll go over this later, but not quite every eight years anymore because you have the possibility of playing them as your extra game with a 17-game schedule. There will be a quiz on this at a future date. But we're fired up for the Saints and the Texans Sunday crucial catch day. It's going to be awesome to see the team retake the field at home. When we last left them at NRG, they were dismantling the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's hope for a similar type performance, and let's get Johnny Harris and John McClain in here. And, General, we'll start with you. What's it going to take to have a similar type of performance? What are your expectations with the Saints coming out there, blowout win over the Patriots, and the Texans coming off what happened in Atlanta? Good evening.
0: I got this. Sunday is going to know, mm-hmm. be a great day in the history of Houston sports. They're going to kick the ball and then they're going to hit the ball. And the only thing that could be better is if it was the Cowboys at NRG Stadium instead of the Saints. Mm. And what mm. a day that would be. But it's going to be spectacular. I picked on our. Told- uh oh, he went out again. Or was that me? Johnny, you there?
2: I'm here. Yeah, I I don't know. He's just kind of in and out. He's picking when he wants to be on the air and when. I mean, he's he's kind of solo. But
1: you give me your thoughts.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny the last couple of weekends how you know how great the weekend was uh, with the Steelers because the Texans ended up winning a big game and then the the uh, Astros ended up winning the division on that day and I was like man it was a great day and then you fast forward to this past Sunday and it was like oh man I think the Astros ended up losing the, the, uh, the Texans lost it was like golly from one Sunday to the next but yeah Sunday's going to be a pretty amazing afternoon there's no question about that
1: Johnny, what about bouncing back from Atlanta? Because we know what that takes. I think they know what it takes. This is what they do all week long. Analyze what went wrong, what they want to go right. You and I will catch up with Matt Burke, defensive coordinator, tomorrow. I'll catch up with D'Amico Ryans. Look, they spent the entire week trying to correct what they needed to. They are capable of so much more than they did at Atlanta And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do in front of the home fans. They know the vibe they had last time they were in the building. They know what the Steelers fans did. I think that fires them up. In fact, we'll hear from Nico Collins a bit later on in this hour. It does fire the players up a little bit when the opposing fans are in the building because they want to shush them. Thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think there's absolutely 100% uh, behind that. Uh, You want to shush those fans. And it was kind of fun telling them to get out um, at some point later in the game. Uh, and it'd be nice to tell the Saints fans to you know march on out of there if if you will. So yeah, it was it was a great day against the Steelers. I think you know the hard part for all of us is you know the team can go right back to work. You know they go right back to work. They put that game b- with the Falcons behind them uh, the second they went in and watched film or we're done watching film on Monday. After that, games behind them, they're ready to move on. You know for us because we don't see them. Uh, you know, play again. And, you know, we don't see the game plan. We don't, you know, so we just get to stew on it and talk about it. Um And that's frustrating in some sense, you know, because we want to get behind that, you know, beyond that Falcons game, but it's just kind of hard because we don't kind of go through the machinations and the things that they do. They look at the game plan. They look at ways they can beat the Saints, which we do kind of, but not to that, that degree. So um I think it's going to be great Sunday to get in there against the Saints. And you know, go do battle with a team that's got a established veteran roster, uh, and see where they are.
0: When they have a lot of fans for the opposing team, when there's a lot of fans in there for the opposing team, it makes the Texans fans cheer even louder because they want to drown them out. And that's the way it was with the Steelers. And then of course in the fourth quarter those Steelers fans were quiet. And they weren't waving those terrible towels anymore. And that's what they need to do to the Saints fans, make it comfortable. They're not picky, of course, they take any kind of victory. But I think it just creates more electricity. And anytime you got electricity in a stadium, that's great for the players.
1: John, it's hard to tell how good teams are at this stage. I mean, maybe it's obvious with the 49ers and certain others, but with the Saints at 3-2, and two, you look at the schedule. They beat New England. We don't even know what New England is right now. We have a good feeling that they're pretty bad. But how good are the Saints in your opinion?
0: They got a really good defense under Dennis Allen, who was a really good defense coordinator, has not been a good head coach. Four and 12, two years, the Raiders got fired. Uh, They were heavily favored to win the NFC South. Now they're tied with Atlanta. One-half game behind Tampa Bay. I believe the Bucs have been a big surprise with Baker Mayfield. And it could all change. But uh, right now, uh, we know their defense is great. It's another really good test for C.J. Stroud. And the number one thing the Texans have to do is they have to get the running game going so it can be productive on a consistent basis and take some of that pressure off Stroud.
2: General, there's been so much talk about this running game or or lack thereof. You know, they started to get some of it going against the Steelers. You know, they hit a, a few chunk plays against the Falcons, and then they'd follow that up with a five yard loss because somebody would miss a block. But if you go back and you look at the film and you look at it and think, okay, this offensive line really is not, you know, they're not performing terribly. Um, so where's the issue in some sense with this run game and what's really, what's it really going to take to get it going against a pretty solid Saints defense?
0: A lot of people are trying to blame Damian Pierce, and I'm not buying it at all. Just see the metric yesterday. He's facing eight man fronts 83% of the time, more than any back in the league. And you've got a ragtag offensive line that had Laramie Tunsil, Titus Howard back Sunday and they were great in pass protection, but uh, pro football focus had George Fanton with the top run blocking grade, and every time I looked up, and they are trying to go wide right, they were stuck, and I saw him missing some blocks, so I think it's a lack of stability and lack of communication on a line that's been like a revolving door for players without injuries, and now they should have Tunsil and Titus back. What I'm very interested in seeing Do they think Josh Jones can play right tackle better than George Fant? Do they think Josh Jones can play left guard where he started a game and move Titus back to right tackle, his best position? But I think as time goes on, if the offensive line doesn't get decimated by injuries again, we're going to see them do a better job on run blocking. We'll see Damian Pierce hit the right hole more often. But I'm amazed when you've got – When you've got that many defenders stacked to stop the run, you ought to be able to throw the ball. Like last week, playing the kind of coverage the Falcons had, you should have been able to run the ball. And they haven't been able to. And I think it's because they've changed the scheme. They've changed the blocking scheme, the running scheme. And nothing's going to work right away. That's one of the bad things about not being able to play a lot in preseason, holding guys out. Not being able to hit during the off-season program. When you change a lot, you, you miss a lot when you have to wait to put it together.
1: All right, injury report information here. Laramie Tunsil and Robert Woods limited today after not participating yesterday. So that's good news as they trend forward towards Sunday. You never know until you know. Shaquille Griffin, good to see him at full participation with the calf injury after having to sit out last week. And they went with Kadar Holman at corner. So that'll be nice to have Shaq back if he's able to go. So let me talk to you about this. The defense, you stopped the run pretty well. You held the Falcons below 100 yards, we all would have taken that going in. We all would have taken the below three yards per carry number for the Falcons. They did a good job there. But when it mattered most, they couldn't stop the Falcons through the air. So what are your expectations about this Saints team, which likes to throw the ball to Alvin Kamara? And obviously they have other weapons as well. Chris Olave, Mike Thomas. They've got a lot of guys to go to, General.
0: What they did against Mijon Robinson, they need to do the same thing against Alvin Kamara because he's a great receiver Robinson's a great receiver even though Robinson had the touchdown he didn't beat him they took that kind of performance against him any day of the week now they need the same thing against Kamara and uh but you're missing Javier Thomas's full practice I'm guess he's coming back skill Griffin's coming back you know when they had injuries in the secondary and the secondary made uh Desmond Ritter look like Matt Ryan when he won the MVP award that was by far the best game of his career and a lot of that was the players they had available uh everybody said they went to a quick strep drop didn't want him thinking too much get rid of the ball fast go with his first read but some of those tight ends who had 176 yards on 14 carries they were wide open so the DBs did not do a good job on coverage.
2: General where do you think Derek Carr is in his uh in his career, as far as where he kind of sits amongst the NFL quarterbacks, I mean, is he a top ten guy? Is he a top twenty guy? Where do you kind of see Derek Carr at this point in his career?
0: You well, know, Johnny, he's not definitely not a top ten. Yeah, you know, he has a shoulder injury. He didn't throw for two hundred yards in the last game, but he didn't have to. He had a couple of touchdowns. He had a triple digit rating, but. Uh, I would, I'm, yeah, right off the top. I haven't looked at him lately, but I'm guessing he's somewhere in the middle of the pack. You know, he's happy to get away from the Raiders. That did not go down well at all last year with Josh McDaniels one season after he had the best season of his career. And that shows sometimes how coaching and what kind of role coaching in a system can have on a quarterback in general and an offense in particular. So he's got to be happy as can be to be with the Saints, a team that has a chance to win his division. But I think if they do a good job Against the run, they're gonna they sh- he make him beat him. Patriots had three turnovers. Mac Jones' rating was thirty before he got benched. I don't think C.G. Stroud' his rating will be thirty.
1: We'll get back to the Houston versus New Orleans cause in a moment here. I want to get your thoughts on a couple of big stories going on around this league. And one of them involves the team that the Saints played last week. That would be the New England Patriots, who really bottomed out. Back-to-back blowout losses. They were blown out opening day. They get blown out twice in a row in their last two games. Where do you think it's all going, General? How will this shake out with Bill Belichick? How's it going to end?
0: Can you imagine how bad Mac Jones would be if they hadn't brought back Bill O'Brien to coach him? Everybody thought Bill was going to be a magic formula to turn around his career, and he's been worse. And the ire from the fans and the media is directed to Belichick, not Bill O'Brien. And I read a column this week by a longtime columnist covering the Patriots. He said, if you think that Robert Kraft won't fire Bill Belichick, then you don't know Robert Kraft very well. They've got a losing record since Brady left. And everybody up there blames Belichick for Brady leaving. He just got worn out with a tiresome, heavy-handed tactics, even though it worked, because I remember how much he talked about how relieved and how pleasant, nice it was to play for Bruce Arians, It was a a great player's coach, so uh, a lot of people think they're not waiting around up there for Belichick to surpass Don Shula, and I'd hate to be the next coach up there, but it's pretty obvious right now they're going to need a quarterback, so go ahead and be really bad and get in that race to get Drake May or uh, Kenneth Williams and uh, they the way they're playing, they're going to be right on. Yeah, and
2: it's going to gall me to no end if the Patriots end up with a guy like Caleb Williams. Um, along those lines, General, if Bill Belichick is indeed um, escorted out, moved out, talked out of the position, whatever the case might be, do you give Bill O'Brien a shot of becoming the new head coach of the Patriots?
0: No, I don't think so. I think if they were going to take somebody from the staff, it would be Gerard Mayo. Mayo played there. Now he's been an assistant coach. I read a long thing about him, about how much everybody loves him. And he was like Vrabel when he was a player. Everybody knew he was going to be a coach. He told them he wanted to be a coach. So they gave him a huge contract extension to keep him from interviewing with the Panthers. And uh, so I think it would be Mayo, if they stayed on the the. but they may you know he may want to just flush everything and start over Kraft's not been in this situation before so it'll be interesting to see how he handles it
1: wow this is really intense stuff okay what do you think is really going on with deshaun watson not playing in cleveland after being medical medically cleared in his last game which was almost two weeks ago then they had the bye hasn't practiced in a few weeks and it's not looking like he's going to play Sunday in Cleveland against the San Francisco 49ers. What's really happening here, John?
0: Well, that's certainly good for the Texans since they had their first first draft choice. Wouldn't that be interesting, mm-hmm. everybody that picked Arizona to have the first two picks in the draft because they had the Texans pick, and they would get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. And that's not quite working out. I think it would be so interesting if the Texans pick was lower than the browns pick now we know from watching watson he's tough he's physically tough now i'm not saying when you got 230 mil guaranteed you're not going to show the same toughness but uh people up there are just killing him coaches first is president last week stefanski threw him under the bus but telling the media he's been cleared to play and usually you don't do that and then the team president came out and he said, oh, no, we all knew he couldn't play. And now this week the offensive coordinator's talking, defending him. Fact is, he's got a shoulder in- solar, solar injury. And I've seen some things from doctors saying that particular injury, depending on how bad it is, could last from two to six weeks. So as far as the Texans are concerned, they want it to last the max.
2: I find it fascinating, General, <laughs> the fact that he was medically cleared or at least that's what Stefanski mm. said. He's medically cleared, but yet chose not to play or whatever the case might be. All right, I want to move on to another NFC, uh, AFC North team, that being the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're 3-2. and two. They're atop the AFC North. But, General, there is so much noise around Matt Canna, the offensive coordinator, to a point where, hopefully I say this right, I, I imagine you know him, Jerry Dulock. I'm sure you know Jerry. Yeah, Jerry
0: Jerry Dulack, I've known him for 30
2: years. Right. He floated the idea of former head coach John Gruden taking over and replacing Canada. A, do you buy it? B, do you think it could ever happen?
0: Absolutely not and absolutely not. The Rooney family is one of the most loyal families when it comes to the commissioner. No matter if the commissioner was Pete Rozelle, Paul Tagliabue, Roger Goodell, uh, Gruden is suing the NFL, and uh, there is no way that the that the Rooney's, even if Mike Tomlin, who coached under Gruden for one year, even if Mike Tomlin wanted to do it, there is no way they would allow that to happen.
1: All right, so the Colts are going to be at Jacksonville, where they never win. It's just a curse. And the Jaguars have the same record as the Colts. Everybody's still bunched in pretty tight here in the AFC South. The Texans and the Titans just a game back. What do you think happens in North Florida on Sunday in that matchup with Gardner Minshew going against the Jaguars?
0: I think the fact that Gardner Minshew has experience as a starter and he's won games beginning with the Jaguars, I think Jacksonville will win this game, but I think he'll keep them in the race because he's not going to make the kind of mistakes Anthony Richardson would make. He's not going to get knocked out of every game like Anthony Richardson has done. And when it comes to winning, they might be better off, even though that's not what they want to do. They want to develop Richardson, and he's not getting that development when he's hurt. But I think they'll be in most of their games because of Menchu, who's played really well off the bench when Richardson's gotten hurt.
2: General, do you think there's a fire sale in the works with former Saints head coach and current Broncos head coach Sean Payton in Denver?
0: He needs draft choices and because he gave up so many. They gave up guys The Russell Wilson trade is going to go down as the second worst in history to Herschel Walker. And then uh, they gave up a first-round pick for Payton. Boy, if he gets rid of some of his best players, you don't see that in the nfl like you do in baseball sometime and maybe he'll do it and everybody will accuse him of tanking but um i don't think all those names i've seen that all of a sudden he's going to start unloading them because some of them got to be the cornerstones of your rebuild assuming he can keep that job long enough because he's doing i'm guessing nathaniel Ackett would say he's doing one of the worst games coaching jobs in the history of pro football
1: If you ran the New York Jets, would you make a run at a quarterback, say Kirk Cousins or somebody of that nature? And are you surprised they haven't done that already?
0: Based on what they talk about, you know, they can't believe what they say they believe about Zach Wilson. He just has to not lose games. If they wanted to trade for Kirk Cousins, who's in the last year of his contract, they'd have to sign to extension. He's not going to be a a rental like they have in baseball, but Aaron Rodgers is going to be back next season he says he may be back this season i don't see it but uh i could see them signing a free agent i've been surprised i haven't signed somebody like cole mccoy to come in there to be ready to play if they need him but i don't see him going after kirk cousins
2: general how much vitriol will al michaels take for saying that the <laughs> tnf broadcast will not cater to the swifties and thoughts on broncos chiefs tonight
0: well, first of all, the Chiefs ought to blow them out. I hope they do because I can't stand Sean Payton and Al Michaels. And you know, he may Al may not even know Taylor Swift is. <laughs> but I'm telling you, is I, when I saw a thing today on I guess it was yeah it was Hannah Storm doing it on ESPN. All these numbers about ratings and sales and mm-hmm. followers and questions from young Swifties about what is a what is a running back? What is a What is a holding? What is this? They're trying to learn, and when she's on there, and I'm guaranteeing the league, not Al Michaels, is going to dictate what happens during that game, and she will be seen.
1: Oh, yeah. They'd be crazy not to do it. You have to take advantage of this. Travis Kelsey has picked up over 400,000 more social media followers since being involved with her. General, we are in the midst of the baseball playoffs, and the NFL playoffs have changed with the 17-game schedule. Well, before that, you went to seven teams per conference making the postseason. Question, do you like the current NFL playoff format with seven teams per conference making it, only one gets a bye per conference, And do you like the baseball playoff format the way it is now? A lot of people squawking about the baseball playoff format because the Astros are making everybody else look bad because they get a week off and still play well, and a lot of teams don't like the Dodgers. Thoughts?
0: First of all, I've gotten used to football. i got no problem with it. As far as baseball, I'm so tired of hearing the squawking from the national media saying it's unfair to the Braves and Dodgers and all those 100-win teams having to take off five days. Chris Mad Dog Russo just went after them today, and he said, what about the Astros? And he went over what happened to the Astros last year, what's happened to the Astros this year, so if those teams don't like it, then win. Then hit, pitch, and win. So I like the way the baseball is set up. Sean Pendergast had a great idea on our Utopia football podcast. He said, okay, do it like this. Next year, the teams that get a bye, So you have the option of going on the road for three games in a wild card series. Would you rather do that or would you rather (laughs) stay where you are? Do you think any of them Uh would say, oh, no, we want to go play three on the road?
1: I got one, though. I got one. Just play on the Monday after the season, all right? Say, all sales are final. Uh, on Sunday, regular season finale. I don't care if it rains or not. We're just going to take the result, and we're playing on Monday. I don't know if that'll fly. General, what do you have for us to ingest from SportsRadio610.com or whatever else you're doing? You mentioned the Utopia football podcast.
0: Yeah, Sean, and I do three of those a week on on, uh, SportsRadio610.com. I have a Texans column yesterday, an Astros column today, and I'll have another Texans column on Friday and then on Sunday after they beat the Saints.
1: That sounds awesome. General, can't wait to talk to you on the pregame show and get ready for Texan Saints on Sunday. Thanks a lot for your time, as always. All right, coming up, John Harris and I will play Who's Better. We're going to talk about some of the matchups. We're going to talk about some players and things like that. You never know what's going to come up. Plus, the college landscape, that will come up as well in Who's Better as we roll on here. It's Texans Radio.
2: More Texans Radio is on the way.
1: Now, so much fun to be hanging out on a Thursday night on Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. And we do this just about every Thursday. Who's better? And we've got some for you, Johnny. Let's rock. All right, let's go. Better chance to win this weekend. The Titans against the Ravens. Oh, the Seas. Or the Colts against the Jaguars.
2: Better chance. Titans or Colts for a victory this weekend. Go. Titans. Titans. I mean, we know the Duval curse.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The Duval curse <laughs> for the Colts. Like, they can't win in Duval County. Yeah, that's true. They cannot do it. And I know the Colts are an improved team, but it's a different coaching staff, so I'll give them a little bit of a shot. But they just can't do it. It doesn't matter. The Jags always beat the Colts in Duval County, the same way the Texans have shown to be the killers of the Jaguars in Duval County. So the Texans kill the Jags. The Jags kill the Colts right there at Everbank Stadium on the banks of the St. John's River. So that happens. I do think, being serious about it, though, I do think that it is the Colts. I think the Colts are – they'll play well with Gardner Minshew. Minshew's going back to face Jacksonville. I think Minshew just keeps things – he keeps it on the tracks. Yeah. And as long as he's not turned the ball over – He's not going to do a ton, but he's completing like against us. I don't rem- the, remember what the number was, but it was like fourteen of seventeen for one fifty. Zach Moss ran it well, though, and the right, Jags know this, right? Right. And so I would imagine that they're going to see plenty of Zach Moss. And by the way, they've got Jonathan Taylor back too, mm-hmm. so they can go one-two punch there with the Colts. The Titans beating the Ravens. I just don't. I just don't see it. I, I haven't seen it with the with the Titans at all. I don't. <sighs> I don't know. I know they've got a really good defense. We've talked about that a lot. I just don't think offensively. You know, the one win they had earlier where they beat the Bengals, everything clicked. Henry yeah. was on fire. You know, Hop had like eight catches. Tannehill didn't turn it over. And they beat a Bengals team that was, you know, wounded. Now the Bengals have gotten well, and they went to, to Arizona and to beat the Cardinals the other day. Uh, and Jamar Chase got back involved. I just don't see the Titans doing that consistently, especially against a team like the Ravens. The Ravens went over there early and got over to England early uh, to acclimate body-wise. It's interesting how that how that's changed, Mark, yep. because early on with the London games, everybody went over there early. Yeah. And then it got to, no, 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 we were over there, we got stale, no, no, we're going over on Thursday. Well, then when we went to London, we went on Thursday, the Jags went on Thursday, yeah. played the game on Sunday. Right. But then last week, it was, oh, well, the Bills weren't acclimated body-wise, and the Jaguars were, that's uh, why they had the advantage, and so now teams are going over there early. I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. It's a, t- it's a tough travel situation. You got to do whatever you can. I know that we went through it when we went to London. You know, the, all the different things they told us to do. Hey, sleep here, try and do this. The plane, you know, was dark at certain points to simulate, um, you know, getting sleep at that, that There's time. There's no good way to do there it. There really isn't. There isn't a good way to do it. And so at that point, I think the Ravens going over there, getting acclimated, I think the Ravens will play well. I think they'll beat the Titans. But. I'm still going to give the Titans a shot because it's just so hard for whatever reason for the Colts to win in Duval County.
1: Yeah, and the Ravens, look, they're upset. I don't like this. They're upset because they lost last week, so they'll be extra motivated talk, but... It might apply a little bit. They know they got to get their act together. They're three and two, tied for first in the AFC North with Pittsburgh. By the way, which just beat them, so better chance to win the AFC North. Forget about the Ravens for a moment. Pittsburgh or Cincinnati? Take the Ravens out
2: of it. Cincinnati eventually, the house of cards offensively will fall for Pittsburgh. It's just not good offensively. I, I mean, we saw it here. I mean, they kicked two field goals against us. And uh, look, I, I mean, as, as great as I want the defense to be, we're not the eighty-five Bears and they kicked two field goals. That was it. That's mm. all he did that day. Mm. So I do think that eventually the Bengals will all get healthy. But here's here's the thing for the Bengals. I still I still don't see a good offensive line in front of Joe Burrow. Yeah. So if you get pressure and Joe's not able to get out of there, he's not 100% with the calf, and he's not able to get out of there, well, now, he, now it's trouble. Now, against the Cardinals, he was able to move and make some throws, and maybe the, the old Joe is back. But I just think, that the Steelers' house of offensive cards falls at some point. and to a point where it's really, really bad. The defense is great. They'll get Cam Hayward back at some point, which is going to help them. But I just think offensively, they're not going to win a shootout if it gets to a shootout. Like the other day against us, that's a, that was a great opportunity for them to get a shootout that – couldn't do it. Yeah. They can't do it. They have to win a game a certain way. 17-14, that's what, what they beat the Ravens the other day. 17-10 or yeah, something like that. They got mistakes
1: out that's of the That's the way
2: they win the game. That's Drops. how they beat the Browns. Same yeah. exact way. Defensive special teams. And that's okay. Go. going mm-hmm. will be 9-8 doing it that way, but eventually the house of cards will fall. You're going to have to win with your offense. The Bengals can do that. The Steelers can't.
1: Okay, let's go to two teams that are miserable right now. Better chance at a rebound, not this weekend necessarily, but this season. Better chance at a rebound, the one in four Patriots or the one in four New York football Giants? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, knew you were, I knew you were going to say the Patriots. But well, we talked about that with the general, and I just am so fascin- yeah. fascinated. By the way, they talk about the NFL being the greatest reality show, but it's not the bachelor it's not big brother it's survivor right Mm -hmm. and you have to survive week after week you just brought up the Bengals you got to come down the stretch and be healthy somehow or healthy enough to be competitive as far as the Patriots go not very healthy quarterback not playing well total disaster right now at one and four for their context, and maybe for any teams. But the Giants are much better here, Johnny. Daniel Jones banged up. Oh, my gosh, how is it going to be at Buffalo this weekend? But even beyond that, better chance of a rebound, Patriots or Giants?
2: I'm going to say Giants because if you think about two players for each team, you got Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez on the Patriots, arguably the two best players the Patriots have, both out for extended periods of time. Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley. I believe Thomas is coming back, if not already back, and Barkley's coming back soon. So they're going to get those two guys back, and those two guys are instrumental to in the Giants. Well, so the Patriots aren't going to get their two guys. The Giants are going to get their two guys. So I'm going to go Giants for that reason, that they've got Saquon Barkley and Andrew Thomas coming back, if not back already, and I think that's, that's going to be a big factor for them. I just don't think the Patriots can do anything offensively at all. They have no offensive players where you go, ooh, that guy scares me. At least with Barkley on the field, you're like, okay, that guy's really good. We, we have to worry about him. And if, if it is Gerard Taylor that ends up playing for Daniel Jones, Gerard can keep the train on the tracks. And at that point, he'll get Darren Waller involved. Waller has just not gotten involved in the offense. You get Waller involved and you have Barkley, I think the Giants have a good opportunity to turn it around. Patriots, okay. no. All right, let's do this now. Miserable coaches category.
1: <laughs> I'm going to throw in a more likely to happen, and who's better? More likely to happen. Bill Belichick stays in New England and somehow ends his career in New England whenever that might be. Could be next week, could be three years from now, okay. whenever it might be, or Bill Belichick coaches somewhere else eventually, and i by somewhere else, I mean in the NFL. Not a Mike Holmgren coach, coaching a right, high school right. team on Cape Cod. Nothing right. like that. Coaching
2: in the National Football League. Here's one I'm going to give you. And I, I heard this the other day, and it made a lot of sense. I was like, ooh, boy, that would be that would be interesting. And it includes the last two teams we talked about. I think Brian, Brian Dable's a really good coach. So I think the Giants will get things kind of turned around. But would it surprise me at some point? If the Giants aren't happy with Dable and the Giants made a move for Bill Belichick, where I think down deep, Bill Belichick wanted to be the New York Giants head coach more than anything yeah sure he loves the history of the game and they have a ton of it he knows it all absolutely he
1: won Super Bowls there as a defensive coordinator I think it makes a ton of sense and I thought about this you and I talked about this before it was popularized that this might be a destination Mm -hmm. for him if everything unraveled there or continued to and everything unraveled in New England he could end up with the Giants if he wanted to and I think they'd welcome him with open arms I think a lot of teams would actually absolutely
2: and I think And it happens and it happens throughout the league. It happens. I mean, you can see with players like Aaron Rodgers talked about this summer before he got hurt, how rejuvenated he was to go to just a different situation, just to see a different uh, way of doing things in uh, in New York or New Jersey with the Jets, as opposed to how the Packers did them. And Belichick's thinking the same thing. Now, he's been around. He's seen other NFL teams do things a different way. But maybe it's time to see it again with the Giants. I'm going to say it's a different team. Maybe it's not the Giants, but I do think he's going to finish it with a different team because I think Robert Kraft is going to get to a point where it's like, okay, Bill, thank you, but we've got to start anew. We've got to rejuvenate this thing. We need young, younger blood. And here's here's the other thing, too. I think with with Belichick, and, I, and the game has definitely not passed him by. I don't think there's any question in that, but... The game has changed significantly. Yeah. Just in the last five years, it's mm-hmm. changed significantly. And for them, it's changed significantly because TB12 walked away. So they've not yet figured out how to handle all of that. So maybe Kraft is ready to move on, hand it to somebody a little younger, maybe a little more innovative. Uh, I don't know who that might be, but I think at that point, Bill Belichick will not want to go quietly in the night. He'll want to find a spot, and there will be a team that says, Coach, we got a spot right here for every, for whatever you want to do, and whatever you want to be. All right. We might go back to the NFL, time permitting, but let's go to campus
1: here. Uh-oh. Who's better? Better chance to win Miami at North Carolina. Oh, no, they're hosting North Carolina. So yep. Miami and North Carolina. Or Notre Dame hosting USC? Better chance to win. The Irish upsetting the Trojans or the Hurricanes defeating North Carolina? Well,
2: if the Irish win, the Irish are actually favored by three. How about that? Notre Dame is favored Wait, by what three. what are you talking about? Yeah, Notre Dame is favored by three. Are you serious? I serious. didn't even look. I just looked at the top no, 35 schedule. But I mean that's the thing. I think people assume that USC would be favored in that. And Dude, I kind of did. Are too. they familiar with what just happened to Notre Dame last week? Yes. But USC, especially defensively, I know, they not gave it not up played, on defense. They gave up forty one to Colorado. They gave up forty one to Arizona. And Notre Dame doesn't have quite that kind of firepower. But the kid playing quarterback for Arizona last week was a what a true freshman, but He's a retro freshman, pretty good. Who would you take in this game? Straight up. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Notre Dame. Really? Because I just think that USC, as much as Caleb Williams will keep him in it, um, they should have gotten beat last week by Arizona. Arizona had him down. And I, know, but you I got think the, Notre, you got
1: the premier player in the game right you do. now, and, and it now makes we'll, a
2: huge difference. I and know. I think you
1: put up a I couple know. of touchdowns get a the
2: lead. Listen, you know, I'm you know I'm a huge believer in Caleb Williams. I mean, I, I love Caleb Williams, and he's number one in the Harris 100. But Notre Dame physically can just take over the game, and I think Notre Dame's defense is the best one that USC has faced this year, and so they'll get challenged. And oh, by the way, you know who USC's best wide receiver is? His name is Brendan Rice.
1: Oh, gosh. Not one of these. Hello, Marvin Harrison Jr. just called and said, "That's right. People's kids do well. It's
2: Jerry's son, Jerry Rice's son, and he's good. He's yeah. really, really good. He's a big, he's big time player." Is I'm Sam Notre Dame any
1: good, or is he just a good viral guy to a crossover for female appeal?
2: He's he's good. Okay, he's not great, but he's good. He's good enough against that USC defense. And I give Notre Dame more of a shot of beating USC than I do Miami of beating North Carolina because Miami is overcoming one of the most brutal losses any college yeah. team has had. It's a, in good- a long. Long time. Gut puncher. So it's worse than a gut puncher. It was it's an organ remover. It was awful. It was awful. The way Mark they were two victory formation kneel downs away from being undefeated, six and zero, playing the biggest game of the weekend against North Carolina. Whoa. Instead they completely blew it lost the game lost undefeated season players at that point i don't know if they trust the coaches coaching staff's got to come out and defend what happened i mean it's just it was a mess after last week's game against georgia tech so i am going with notre dame to beat usc is probably more likely to happen than miami beating north carolina how do you feel about the aggies and the volunteers i'm really confused Okay. I'm really confused. Both teams confuse me. Texas A&M angers me because they've got more talent and then, then they've had a long time and then they make mistakes at the end of the game that really weren't even theirs. I mean, you talk about uh, Mario Cristobal making mistakes. Jimbo Fisher handling the clock, the way he just he bungled the whole ending of that game. And then Nick Saban tried to maybe give it back to him, uh, but Alabama hung on. And look, there's no shame in losing Alabama. There's, there's no, no shame in that a had more overall talent than Alabama had. Mm. And really, physically, Alabama took it to them. Tennessee, I just, you know, Tennessee's interesting. They, they've got a few players here or there, really good up front on defense in particular. Joe Milton's got the strongest arm of all college football, but what does that get you? I don't know. I, I, re, I just don't know who's showing up for either one of these two teams, to be honest with you. So I'm going to go with the volunteers just because – I probably trust them a little bit more. I trust Josh Heupel more than I trust Jimbo Fisher. How about that? So okay. I'm going with Tennessee Volunteers. All right, sounds good. Johnny, that was awesome. Thank we'll you. We'll talk
1: to you tomorrow. Got it. Thank you. All right, coming up, a few things about the Texans and the Saints, a few Texan Saints memories, and also Houston Methodist Minutes. It's Crucial Catch Sunday. It's big. Stay tuned. Texans Radio. All right, one final segment on the program tonight. Remember, since the Texans play the Saints, an NFC team, that means they only visit about every eight years. I say about because it used to be a lead pipe cinch. That would be the case back in the days of the 16-game schedule. But with a 17-game schedule, you're going to play, when you have the extra home game, even on the road, actually, another NFC team that you played in the division you participated with two years ago. Do you understand that? Anybody following along? For instance, Arizona is coming here. You were there two years ago. You finished in the same slot as they did in the NFC West. That's where you finished in the AFC South, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, you have the Saints coming here on Sunday, and you don't see them very often. That was my point. You haven't seen them here since 2015. That was a Texans victory. And if you saw it on social media also in 2007, the Texans took on the Saints. They went to 5-5 five and five at the time, which was big news. That was their best record after 10 games ever at the time. And Andre Johnson returned from a seven-game absence due to a knee injury and caught a bomb 73 yards from Matt Schaub. That play went out on social media today, and it's gone Texans viral. I'm going to say that Texans viral. It's not like Beyonce did something viral, but it's Texans viral, and it's pretty cool stuff. Also cool... A current receiver named Nico Collins. Drew Doherty caught up with him at his locker today. Two minutes with a Texan.
3: Nico, what stands out to you about the Saints' defense? Oh, they got a solid secondary, man. Two solid corners, two solid safeties, um, D line, and some dogs, man. You know, we know we know what the Saints is all about. It's really gonna come down to the details Sunday, and who wanted more, really. You know, we, we know it's gonna be a dog game, but it's really gonna come down who really wanted more and who's gonna be funnily, sentimental, mental, um, and really out there making plays.
0: You know, you guys are back at NRG Stadium, and the last time you're here, a lot of fans from the opposing
3: team probably going to be a little
0: bit like that on Sunday, but that's—it's yeah. not a big deal to you. It didn't seem like it was a it made much difference
3: to you guys. Nah, we talking with the with a different crowd, the crowd in there. Oh yeah, I kind of like it, honestly. When that type of team bringing it on the ride here, it's—I like I love it actually, man. You know, because they thinking they trying to come into your house, they think they finna win the game, and like, nah, it ain't about to go like that. You know, he's gonna flip that switch and go out there and just have fun. Like I said, it'll come down to the details. I feel like that's how every week is, every NFL game is. You know, it always comes down to that last drive, that fourth quarter. And uh, I feel like we just got to be dialed, dialed in the entire game, man, and leave it all out, out there. When there are situations like that, does it kind of make you amped up a little bit more yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah, you do get a little juice. You do get a little juice, you know, especially when the crowd in the two. Oh, yeah, man, you you get that like, yeah, let's go. You look, you look at the team, they look at your brother, you like, yeah, let's go. You know, this is what you want, man. You want that momentum, you want the energy. Go out to jump around, man, because it is contagious, and you want that. Feel like the more, the more energy, the more juice, the more excitement, and more plays gonna happen. You know, so looking forward to this week, man. We all are. Thanks, Nico. Thank you. Appreciate you.
1: There's Drew Jordy with Nico Collins, and whatever music is playing in the background, we don't have the rights to it, but you can't really tell what it is anyway. All right, let's get to this now. It's crucial catch week. So many people have been affected. We had a little poll this morning in our pregame meeting with the entire business operations staff. This is over one hundred twenty people. And Doug Vasek, our senior VP of marketing, said everybody raise your hand if you've had a family member affected by cancer. either who died or recovered or whatever the situation is, 90% of the room raised their hand. My gosh, everybody's got somebody. My mom died when I was 24. She was 50 of lung cancer. Let's get into this, though. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, as it is with really all cancers. That's how we do it with Crucial Catch. But let's catch up with Houston Methodist Minutes. Dr. Esther Dabrowski, who is a breast cancer surgeon. Doctor, how's it going?
4: Going very well. It's great talking to you.
1: Great to talk with you, and I know it's such a big week, big month here, and it's always big for you dealing with what you deal with in the world of breast cancer, and this being the crucial catch game for the Houston Texans on Sunday, we thought it would be terrific to catch up and get some of the latest advances in technology as far as treatment, detection, things like that. What can you share with us as far as the latest and most important things about detecting breast cancer, getting checked, that sort of thing, doctor?
4: The most important thing that I would want to stress is that one in every eight women develops breast cancer. So it's really, really important to get your mammogram every year starting at age 40. We now standardly do three-dimensional mammograms when we screen for breast cancer. We can catch a lot more this way. So definitely go ahead and get your mammogram. If you're 40 or above, you should be getting one every year.
1: When you detect something, I know there are various stages, but I'm hearing more about treatment, getting things done early and correcting the problem, for lack of a better way of putting it, sooner rather than later and having a lot of success. What can you tell us about the latest as far as that is concerned?
4: Absolutely. The earlier you detect a breast cancer, the more likely you are to survive. And actually, if you can catch the breast cancer very early, your survival is upwards of 95%. So that is the key is to get the mammogram done so that we can catch things when they're still very small and very curable.
1: Doctor, we hear a lot about mastectomies. We hear a lot about maybe removing a lump or something like that. How do you determine what is appropriate to do as far as surgery, treatment, recovery from that as well?
4: That's a great question. Uh, We usually look at the size of the cancer. If it's very, very small, then we usually offer the lumpectomy. We always leave it up to the patient to decide, but we offer the lumpectomy. If it's small enough, if it's very large or it's throughout the whole breast, then we end up having to do the mastectomy, but we always discuss the options that the patient qualifies for, let them decide, and take it from there.
1: Doctor, what about what causes breast cancer? I know you deal in the world of surgery, but I know you have a great deal of curiosity and there's a lot of research going on. Anything you can share with us about that prevention?
4: What I what I like to tell people is that the main reason we're called mammals is because we have mammary glands. We have mammary glands, and that is why we develop breast cancer, because we have these this tissue. And so whenever you have, breast tissue, you're at risk of developing cancer over time in that tissue. We have certain things that put us at increased risk, uh, things like smoking and obesity. Um, those things do increase risk of breast cancer. But at the end of the day, you could do everything absolutely right, live a perfectly healthy lifestyle and still develop breast cancer just because you have breasts.
1: Well, doctor, that's great information. We really appreciate it. And thanks for all the good work you do.
4: Thank you so much.
1: Dr. Esther Dabrowski from Houston Methodist, a breast cancer surgeon. And for more information on Crucial Catch and everything involved with Houston Methodist, it's HoustonMethodist.org. That's where you go. Houston Methodist, leading medicine, the official health care provider of the Houston Texans. All right, that's it for the show. Thank you, John Harris, John McClain, everybody who is a part of the program tonight. We'll be back at 6 tomorrow with D'Amico Ryans. Matt Burke, defensive coordinator, and who knows who else is going to show up. I think Titus Howard as well. Have a great night, everyone. Go Texans.